In order to retire successfully, you'll need vision. You'll also need a plan to execute that vision. Welcome to Retirement Pathfinder with Barbara Lane and Phil Gusky. On today's show, we'll give you the tools you need to navigate unique challenges you'll face in retirement. It's time to chart your financial future. Retirement Pathfinder starts now. Welcome into the Retirement Pathfinder. Today, we are going to uh, answer a question that I've got on my mind, and I'm sure that a lot of people have it on their mind as well, about the stock market. Why is it going up while the economy still has a ton of question marks? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose that question to Barbara and Phil and see if we can get a little bit of answers, at least, if not get exact answers, at least help me feel better about kind of what I'm seeing, because it makes no sense to me. But before we get started, let me welcome on Barbara and Phil. How are you guys doing? Good morning. Doing We're glad well. to be here. Sure yeah, are. glad to catch up with you. How's everything going with you? We're good here. We've got some coronavirus good news today for you, Ben. Good news. I haven't heard any coronavirus good news, good news yet. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's few and far between. Yeah. What do you got? Well, you know, that's. Uh, let me go ahead and start out because that that is a huge question people are asking us, and they've asked us on several occasions. Why is the stock market going up when the economy is actually going down? And so uh, we want to go ahead and have some commentary based on a couple of different articles that I'll be going into here shortly. But uh, okay. I think you'll find this conversation very interesting and very stimulating and actually very encouraging. But before I go there, Ben, you know, there's a few words I want to say concerning the environment that, are, that we're into right now. And the first is our nation is really in terrible turmoil right now. And, um, you know, we've seen this before. Both Barb and I were around during the 60s when we had, uh, you know, Vietnam War protests going on. Kent State, uh, Democratic Convention, all the type of things, the death of Martin Luther King. We saw terrible um, rioting and turmoil going on during that time, very similar to what we're seeing today. However, what we are seeing today that we didn't see then is that we're seeing that a lot of local government officials are avoiding the tough leadership decisions that they have to make in order to keep us safe. That is very disturbing to see, and it's a trend. And so um, we're, you know, we're hoping that that uh, there'll be some answers there shortly. And the second, that leads us to the second part of this. For those listeners who are people of faith, you know, we would encourage you to pray fervently that our nation mm -hmm. would turn once again back to God for answers, you know, for wisdom for our leaders and also for justice to prevail for those who have been injured. And so that's all we're going to say about that. But uh, we, we believe that's where the answer lies. It's not going to be the politician. Politicians fail us. There's not mm -hmm. a leader out there that, that hasn't failed us and that will continue to do so. So with that being said, Ben, what I want to do is just go ahead and introduce the topic. The information that we're using today comes from two articles. One is from our friend Brian Westbury, who's an economist over at First Trust. And uh, we have a lot of respect for Brian. You know, what is an economist? Well, an economist is someone who tries to make sense of what's going on in our economy around us right now. So, okay, they try to, you know, drill down and figure out why things are going the way they are in the economy. And the second thing they do is somebody who is trying to help us understand which way the economy is headed so we can make some very good decisions, especially in the area of business and personal finances. Well, hopefully that, you know, there's many economists out there and they don't all agree. Uh, there's about 50-50 as to how they swing. Mm -hmm. Well, hopefully they're doing so based on objective data, but with their own personal views, you know, they'll often interpret the data skewed in the way of their own personal bias. Brian has a tendency to be more conservative in his outlook and his approach. And so uh, we're going to tell our listeners that they you should take the data that's being presented and kind of interpret it uh, through their own lens, so to speak. The second article we want to discuss is by our friend over at uh, Savant Capital Management uh, by the name of Cal Brown. 
And Cal wrote this article, and it is called Why is the Market Going Down When the Economy is Going Up? And I thought that's a great, great approach, great question. And he has uh, three big ideas. We want to discuss that. And so uh, what I want to do is go ahead and, and hand it over to Barb right now to kind of uh, launch us off in our discussion. And then I'll go ahead and interject as, as we have, have ideas come along. Yeah, Phil, you know, the, this is encouraging to me, too, when I was looking at some of the numbers from Brian Westbury, because what economists do is they look at what's happened in the past. You know, they look at the, the previous week, month, quarter with regard to GDP and unemployment, and then we'll address the stock market, which is forward looking. But if we look at the recession that started in March, that was the sharpest downturn since the Great Depression, but it was also the shortest. So if we just back up and say, okay, first of all, let's define recession. A recession is defined as two negative quarters of GDP back to back, six months. Well, we're not even in yeah. to the second <clears throat> quarter yet. So truth is, are we really in a recession? Well, we're not fully recovered. Not could take a few years, but it could be sooner. Personally, I think the market will recover sooner. But the market has already recovered about half of its value since the March bottoming out. So the data says unemployment rates have dropped. So whether we look at the highest unemployment rate of being 13% or 16%, depending on who you talk to right now, we have stimulus, of course, that could make those numbers somewhat unreliable, but it was up as high as 19%. So what you have to look at are the, are the initial jobless claims, and those have dropped for nine consecutive weeks yes. yep. since that first week in May's peak. That's consistent with an economy that's hit bottom. You look at what the Treasury's done, the Treasury's collecting from payroll taxes and what they're collecting from income, that's up. And the monetary policy, the Fed's monetary policy will remain extremely loose as interest mm -hmm. rates. They're not even expected to look at interest rates and increasing those again until at least 2023. And Phil and I were talking yesterday and toward the end of the day, he says, well, Barb, guess what? There was just additional stimulus added. Yeah, I think one of the things about it is that uh, when we're going to talk about what loose, uh, loose money policy is, but basically what the Fed is trying to do, and we'll talk a little bit about this later on, is that they're trying to stimulate the economy by uh, what they call loose money policy, where the Fed basically buy bonds uh, from the, the banking system, and then that allows cash to flow into the system, which, of course, now the cash is available. People can go ahead and refinance their home. In fact, I'm going through refi with my home right now at 2.55% interest. Unbelievable. 2.55. That's low. It's been in, I don't know. I, I don't remember I being that low. I can never remember it being that low, but it's, it's unbelievable. You know, at that point, uh, you know, business owners can go ahead and borrow money very cheaply. And so uh, loose money policy can be used very effectively, and uh, we'll see where it's going to go ahead and increase the stock market as well as one of the primary reasons why it has. But it's putting money back in the pockets of people, and that's the main thing that we have to take a look at. Well, if we look at, uh, yeah, so as Phil had mentioned too, that the economy is, uh, this is what's kind of happened in the past, and, and they try to make predictions about what can happen in the future. And as we know, as far as the stock market's concerned, we know that it's 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 not an exact science. It it is not. In fact, uh, you know there are always exceptions to the rule when we look at these things. And so one of the things that we have to do is take in consideration the fact that there's always going to be uh, exceptions. So Brian Westbury says, hey, you know the stock market's going to be up to about uh, I think he said uh, thirty four hundred by the end of the year. I'm not the sure if it's going to be yeah the S and P mm -hmm. as reflect by the S&P, it's about uh, 3,000 right now as of yesterday. Now, if you look at what this has actually done, this is really incredible because the stock market low was back on March 23rd. And at that point, the S&P was, uh, as I recall from my notes here, about, uh, oh, I think about, uh, what is it, 2191. 
that was uh, back on March 23rd, Ben. As of yesterday, it was 3,079. That's 888 points up in that period of time. That's an incredible 40% increase. Now, are we saying it's going to increase by 40% between now and the end of the year? No. But one of the things we have to realize is that this particular stock market drop, Barb, you know, you and I both know this, it wasn't caused by an economic debacle. It was caused by a pandemic where the uh, medical uh, conditions created a situation where the government shut down our economy. We were on a steaming roller coaster ride. I mean, it, this was going up like crazy prior to uh, January of this year because of a lot of the incentives that were put into place under the current administration. Uh, the unemployment was down to all-time record lows. The stock market was up. And then, of, of course, the medical pandemic came along and uh, things had to stop. And so now, does that mean that all this pent-up demand is going away? No, of course not. You know, people still need products. They still need services. They want to get out. People are going from Illinois here, Ben, to Wisconsin, which has <laughs> a greater um, uh, liberality with regard to people meeting. And, uh, and so now Illinois is starting to get the, get the message, and they're starting to turn around a little bit. This Sunday, we can go ahead and open up our church, and there's, I guess, 50 people meeting. And that's kind of cool to see that happen. But slowly, it's, it's slowly occurring here in Illinois. But you know, as time goes on, this pent-up demand is going to increase more and more so that when the doors finally open up, and the economy is back on a roll again, uh, then you'll, you're going to see the stock market take off and you're going to see full employment, I believe. And that's what uh, Brian Westbury is saying in his column right now. Yeah. So the stock market, if you look at um, why is the stock market going up, it's really for three reasons. Mm-hmm. The first is that the stock market is forward looking, whereas the economists look at what's happened previously. So investors are ready to move forward and look at some of us, uh, America's great companies again. If you take the Disney stock, for instance, the parks were closed. There was no cruises. They own ESPN, but their streaming has done well. Now, their stock was $130 earlier this year, and it dropped down to 80 during the pandemic, and now it's back up to $120 again a share. Now, don't mistake this for you know a plug for buying Disney no, stock. No, no. This is just saying that you know we're looking. America is ready to move forward. It is evidenced by the stock market, and they're buying back into the stock market again. But the second thing we have to look at is that sectors. Now, not everything goes down at the same time in the stock market. It's not possible, just like everything does not go up in the same time in the stock market. So if we look at restaurants and retail and travel, those have all taken a hit in prices, but technology and healthcare have increased. So then we could have something called sector rotation, and that can happen when these industries that were down will perform well, and the industries that were up will under, start to underperform. But it's a good reason to invest in all sectors and indexes, and that way you own the entire stock market, and you're going to benefit some way in your portfolio mix. Yeah, and you know, really, if you look at it, technology in the healthcare sector is what our two sectors have really increased. They've done very well year to date. Well, think about why. Technology. People are working from their homes. They need better technology. You know, gosh, we're all familiar now with what Zoom and GoToMeeting is all about. That's how we have promoted our business the last few months. And so technology is on a, on a, just an escalation like you can't believe. And of course, healthcare, we all know why. Of course, people are eating healthcare and they're uh, in astronomical numbers. And so, uh, but things like energy are down. Gosh, I'm trying to think of what what was low for a barrel of of uh, crude oil. I think it was 25 bucks. It's a, oh somewhere gosh. in that. Yeah, range. I think I'd heard that. 25, yeah. 29 dollars. Yeah, for the industry to survive, for a, a refining company or a drilling company to survive, you've got to have at least uh, 50 dollars per, per barrel. barrel for them to to survive. And so that is way down. We're seeing those particular numbers to improve. 
so yeah, you're going to see sector rotation. And that's why we, we recommend never try to time the market. We can't time when these particular industries or these sectors are going to increase. We believe diversifying in all these particular areas. And that way, um, you're, you know, you're going to be covered. Whatever happens to recover, you're going to be part of. And that's important in, in terms of your investment philosophy. Yeah. And that's not to say that we don't have uh, portfolios that are down because, of course, mm -hmm. but the better diversified you are, the, the less of a hit you're going to take. Well, yeah. What's really interesting, Barb, is that, you know, our particular clients and their portfolios have recovered a substantial amount of that loss. And again, it's not because of an economic collapse. It's because of the medical pandemic. Right. The economy is still strong in terms of what products and services can be available. And, and when this thing comes back around, they'll be available to those that need them. And and so the economy will be off and running again based on all the economists we read. Yeah. And then the third is the stimulus. So that's uh, another reason that the, the stock market is doing well. So the money that, uh, what was the first one was $2 trillion. So that money was intended to be spent by people and they're doing just that. They're buying stock in companies that they assume are going to recover well. People are out spending money. Um, there's no required minimum distributions. And that's a plus because it's less pressure on stock prices. I have a handful of clients that are going to take required minimum distributions this year. And the rest are saying, hey, if I don't need to take it, I don't, I'm not going to take it. Let's leave the money in the plans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Barb, that you know, if you look at, at history, you look at back at the Great Depression during the 20, 1929 stock market crash, what happened was the government did exactly the wrong thing. What they did is they came up with a tight money policy. In other words, instead of allowing the floodgates of the Fed to open up uh, so that uh, business owners and people could go ahead and borrow money at low rates, they restricted the money supply. They tightened it up. And so what that did, it just postponed a recovery by 10 years. And so one of the things that we are very grateful of is that, you know, the, the Fed has really reacted quickly, cut through a lot of the red tape. And uh, I mean, gosh, you're talking about, you know, it would take, what, five years to develop a vaccine to uh, combat most of the ailments out there. Right. But now the Fed has cut the red tape. So it's been maybe a matter of six months to one year is what they're predicting. Oh, sure. Hopefully. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, the, the red tape is gone. But what the Fed has done is acted very quickly in terms of uh, providing stimulus money through the CARES Act. And uh, what the CARES Act did, of course, it put dollars into the pockets of those people that uh, were unemployed, you know, the $1,200 per individual, $2,400 per couple, and so forth, based on the number of children. And also the PPP, which is also available to employers. And the whole purpose behind that is so that the employers would, would maintain those staff on their roles and help pay for them during a time when their businesses could not be uh, solicited and they couldn't make money. So small and large businesses could operate. And so that was really important. And so along with uh, having the uh, restriction or at least uh, the requirement dropped on taking the RMD, required minimum distribution, we've got more money in the pockets of people. And in fact, if you want to stimulate the economy, what do you do? Do you keep your products and services locked up in a warehouse? No, you have to make that available. They have to be bought. And the only way people are going to buy is if they have money in their pockets. So like Barb said, uh, there is this pent-up demand, but there's also a lot of pent-up money that's yeah. in people's pockets at this time. And so they're starting to go out there and they're starting to spur on the economy. In fact, uh, I was looking at some of the numbers as far as uh, taxes are concerned. Uh, the taxes are, are really increased tremendously. In fact, in, um, in June, uh, $56.8 billion of in were, was collected by the federal government for individual and payroll taxes. And that's compared to five years ago, okay? And uh, that, that's up 81% over five years ago. So, I mean, if you compare it over the last few years, 
the tax rolls are actually increasing, and a part of that is because of the Tax Reduction Act that happened in 2017. What that did is that reduced the taxes in many ways, which employed more people. Corporations hired more individuals, more people on payroll, and more payroll taxes coming in. And so that uh, that particular stream of income is coming into the government at, at a record pace at this particular time, which is good. So the other thing, too, we have to understand is that there's a downside to all this, isn't there? Yeah, we're going to pay the bill. Yeah, when we're talking about uh, the stimulus packages being done here, we're talking about increasing the federal debt by, you know, four to six trillion dollars. I mean, I can't imagine in my mind what a trillion dollars looks like, but it's it's just an incredible amount of money. Who's going to go ahead and pay that debt? It's got to be paid back at some point. Well, of course, our children, grandchildren, hopefully that will be remedied through, you know, taxes with more people on the payroll. There's more taxes coming in. We saw that happening during the Reagan years taxes uh, uh, were uh, actually increased. Uh, there was a higher amount of tax revenue coming in because more people were working. That was the, well, people refer to that as the trickle-down right. economics. I mean, that's kind of a negative connotation to a lot of people. We don't, we're not trying to take sides politically here, but we want to make sure that people understand that if you have more people working, you have more tax revenue right. coming in. And that's the bottom line. Well, the last time you look at, we had a liquidity explosion like this is 2008. And that set off one of the greatest stock market runs in history, which if you look at 2008 through 2019, that's 11 years. There was a couple of, mm. of minuscule down years in there. 2018 wasn't the best year, but pretty much, you know, up for an entire 11 years, that's historical. And, um, but like you were saying, Phil, the stimulus were huge. The federal stimulus were huge decreases recently. So they cut benchmark interest rates by a quarter percent. Usually that's what they do per time, a quarter percent. Uh -huh. They decreased <clears throat> twice this year by a half a point and one whole percentage Unbelievable. point. Unbelievable, yep. And the discount <laughs> rate, which is the money that's lent to banks, it dropped down to a quarter percent. It was, was 1.5%, dropped it down to a quarter percent. But if we look at the wrap-up of all this is that the stock market and the economy don't always move together. So the only solution is to own equities and diversify and rebalance. Because so the positives are unemployment claims continue to decline. There's more cash in people's lives. So, so of course, they're spending and they're investing. Interest rates are low, encouraging investors, borrowing money, like Phil said, refinancing, and then required minimum distributions when there's less selling in the market for those. And that's also less pressure on the stock market prices. So to recap the stock market, it's forward looking. Sectors are doing well. And then we have the stimulus. Yeah, I think that that kind of wraps it up as far as, you know, why in the world is the stock market going up while the economy is going down? And all those reasons we just stated, stated uh, Ben, are probably going to be uh, good reasons why we're seeing, you know, it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it, that the economy would be going flat and the stock market goes up. But, but then you find out it's not true. Yeah, it's not, it's not exactly true. In fact, uh, you know, you only see it from a ground level. If you look at, at it from a 30,000 foot view, I think you're going to see a lot of these particular you know, the, this information is not all bad news. I mean, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. And so the media is not prone to give a lot of positive information or positive data out there. But if you talk to economists that really are in the know, like we have, you'll find out that things are not as bad as what you think. Yeah, well, that's, look, it's all great information. There's a lot. I mean, there's definitely a lot yeah. that goes into uh, understanding where we are. And I know you've, a lot of people have learned one thing, this, this sharp down and up, you definitely can't try to time the market uh, for sure. You know, I don't, I know we're not out of the woods, I'm sure at all, you know, especially with maybe a second wave happening and, you know, still a lot of businesses are struggling, but I definitely yeah. have a better, a positive takeaway 
after this episode that, hey, maybe it's not all smoke and mirrors and, you know, it's this false sense of security where we're just going to have this huge drop again. Maybe things underlying you know, conditions are actually maybe better off than the perception across the country would make it seem. I think so. I really do. In fact, uh, you know, we we talk about uh, this topic with our clients and and quite frankly, most of our clients, I I would say just about all the clients I've talked to, Barb, have been upbeat about things. I mean, they don't like what's going on politically. They don't like to see what's going on in in communities across the nation. Of course, that's that's something we've just described a little bit of. But but as far as an economic standpoint, you know, they seem to be okay and they seem to be feeling fairly secure with, um, with the way things are going in the economy. Yeah, I had a new client come in the other day, and he actually, him and his wife actually shook my hand when they left, which I wasn't expecting. And that's just the American way. I mean, that's what we do as a sign of trust. And he said to me, it feels good to shake somebody's hand again. And I thought it does, you know, and I, uh, and so I, I was encouraged by that. Yeah, well, that's a cool story. And um, I'm excited, uh, hopefully for the future, you know, with, with the country as well. And we may have another downturn soon, but hopefully people, you know, were we're buying as things were going down and you know, you're in a pretty good position because things have, as you mentioned, Phil gone up, what 40%. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such a short time. So yeah, even yeah. a downturn, you're still in pretty good shape, hopefully in a mm-hmm. lot of cases. So, mm-hmm. sure. well, that's really good information. And I'm glad you guys brought this topic up because it answered a no question that I had and something I've been curious about watching the stock market go up and down every single day. And I know all your clients have kind of felt the same way. And a lot of people have mm-hmm. had that question. So I think this will serve to, uh, to answer some of those questions for people, but, any other questions you have about the market or investing or you know, your retirement plan, you guys welcome everybody into your office. You're having in-person meetings still, correct? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Give us a call. It's always complimentary. We'll spend 45 minutes to an hour discussing your issues and concerns and you know, what you'd like to accomplish and your goals. And, and then we kind of take it from there, but just it's considered very low key. There's no pressure. It's just a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the way to get in touch with Barbara and Phil are online. Pathfinderwealth.com is the website. A lot of great information on that website as well, plus past episodes. And then the office number, you can give them a call at 815-399-9806. So Barbara and Phil, thank you for the time today. Some great information and I look forward to catching up with you again here soon. Yes. Thanks, Ben. Thanks, Ben. Have a good day. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.